Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight we have a conversation with the Resistance Chicks and their upcoming event, The Covenant. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Thursday, July 28th. In the year 2022. And we have a great interview tonight with the Resistance Chicks. They're going to talk all about their upcoming event on September 9th, 10th, and 11th in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And unless we turn into a zombie apocalypse or a military tyrannical fascist state, I will be there speaking. So before we get on, make sure that in this time, in turbulent time, since zombies were on the table already, And since we have all sorts of concerns about the stability of the economy, because our country is basically being run by a bunch of pedophile retards. Man. Anyway, you want to take good care of your wealth as much as you can. And that's why we have some amazing experts at Birch Gold to help you. Take a listen to this great message. Patriots, we know the economy is in a mess, but you know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, There have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at any time fully understand. What can we say? You know who understands the real threat of inflation? It's the people who have invested in gold and silver. And that's why we have Birch Gold. They're working with you to protect your savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying your 401k and IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late for you to take action now. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold has the experts to help you. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation info kit on protecting your savings with gold. So that's not difficult. That's text 989898, that's the number. You're going to text the word BARDS, which I think you all know by now, B-A-R-D-S, and they're going to send you a link to a free info kit. From there, take it away. But they're, they're a great company, and they're there to make sure that your wealth is protected, and that is so important in this time. I spoke a lot about that today in the Brighton TV show, if you didn't see that. And we'll talk more about that next week as well. Just as before we get started, a couple other things. Next, or tomorrow night... We have Dr. Carrie Midday on, which will be her first interview since, well, not her first interview, but her first interview with us since she was injured in that plane wreck. 
man, I'll tell you, God was looking after her. So that's going to be a great interview. And then tonight, of course, we have this great interview with the Resistance Chicks all about their event. Now, before we get going, let me just get a little context. The event is called The Covenant, Restoring the Ancient Paths. It's in Plymouth, Massachusetts on September 9th, 10th, and 11th, of course, in the year 2022. Just so in case somebody says, what year? I don't know. I would probably say, did you get vaxxed? I hope you didn't ask that question. But you know what can I say? We have all sorts these days. So anyway, here we go. I'm going to play the promo. You might recognize the voice in the promo. This is a good promo. Thus, out of small beginnings, greater things have been produced by his hand that made all things of nothing and gives being to all things that are. And as one small candle may light a thousand, so the light here kindled hath shone unto many, ye in some sort to our whole nation. Let the glorious name of Jehovah have all the praise. Our country is in dire straits. Everyone agrees something must be done, but what? What if the way out of the darkness is to go back to the beginning and see what made our country the shining city on the hill? This September 9th to 11th, dive into an immersive weekend unlike any you've ever experienced. One that will change your life and renew your faith in God's divine plan. Three days that will spark a fresh movement of freedom and liberty across the nation by using the convictions of morality, faith, and providential inspiration our pilgrims and revolutionary forefathers used. Learn how to apply the same guiding principles that led a small band of Christians to leave everything they ever knew and embark on a journey that would irrevocably change the world. The pilgrims drafted what would become a template for the first article of self-government. Learn how to utilize the covenant in your own life and local government bodies. Walk the hallowed grounds the Pilgrim Forefathers walked as you listen to real-life heroic and inspirational stories that will put you back in the 1600s. Stories that have been erased from our history books because they show our rights come from our Creator. Step into a different century through the living history recreation of the Plymouth Village and board the Mayflower too. Take a sunset tour through the hallowed grounds of Burial Hill with historians who will bring life to grave markers that tell a soul-stirring story of courage and tremendous faith. How did these settlers survive and eventually begin to thrive? A miraculous friendship with the native Wampanoag tribe. The pilgrims called Squanto a special instrument of God's good. He taught them how to live off the land, how to trap, hunt, plant crops, and fish. He also helped the Pilgrims and Wampanoag negotiate the longest-lasting peace treaty in America between the Native Americans, lasting over 50 years. The Forefathers' Monument is dedicated to honor those men and women who sacrificed everything to bring the gospel to a new continent and is the roadmap to restoring these ancient paths. Come listen to speakers from all walks of life on how to build communities and make changes in government like our forefathers did, such as homeschooling, homesteading, home congregations, and God's hand in the American Revolution and government. You were born for such a time as this, to be sent out as this generation's pilgrims, to expand the kingdom of God, county, 
by county. And there you have it, right there, the big announcement for the covenant restoring the ancient paths, Plymouth, Massachusetts, September 9th, 10th, and 11th in the year 2022. Patriots, this is going to be a longer interview tonight. It's about an hour and a half. It's a great interview. I hope you can stick with it. If not, bookmark it, come back, and make sure and listen to the end. There's some really good discussions all the way through. So without further ado, let me bring on the resistance chicks. Well, Patriots, I am really excited today to once again have Leah and Michelle from the Resistance Chicks on the show. They've got some big news to share today with an upcoming festival, and we just have a normal great conversation about all the great things we're doing and the walk with God and all those other wonderful things that we enjoy. So, ladies, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. I'm so glad to be here. And what's really fascinating, and the viewers should, listeners should know this, that I believe every conversation that we have should just from now on just be recorded, record. like it's whether not, it's on the cell phone, because it's too it's good. It's not fair that, other, it's people not fair that other people don't get the resistance chick Scott conversation. So this is an God, official one, but it's probably just going to turn out being like a regular. Com- this is what our conversations sound like when we talk to you on the phone. Yeah, well, there were some things I can't repeat, though, on the air because I'll get banned. OK, that's true. All right. Anyway, (laughs) for those of you that want to know what that is, it has to do with a very derogatory term in reference to groomers that are in Mm -hmm. that rainbow flag cult. So I'll just leave it at that. You can figure it out because I'm sure it doesn't take much Mm. figure out my love of those freaks. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's start with some discussion about what's going on in your festival, which this is pretty awesome. Let's start there. (laughs) <laughs> okay so guys we are going to be taking you guys to plymouth massachusetts uh and we are going to be taking you down the history of the pilgrims this is going to be an all immense an all immersive event where we are going to totally be immersed in the culture of plymouth we are going to be taking you to the plymouth plantation which is a uh recreation of the plymouth uh uh, village colony, the village we're going to get you on the mayflower too which is a boat uh that is it's a, a total sh- complete a replica of a the mayflower ship. yeah it's a ship it's a ship it's boats, a boat. and then there's ships man yeah there's boats and there's ships it's a ship this is a ship okay so imagine this imagine this even though the pilgrims were were short little dudes they, they actually were pretty little. they were really yeah, short. they were kind of little. okay well, they, they didn't eat much protein is that the deal i don't know well it was rough it was rough in england and it's rough when you're being persecuted for your faith and you're going into you know jail maybe and, they were hobbits they yeah. may have been with the feet they were small they were small but imagine imagine that you're on a you're on a ship and the and the what do they call the the, the inward part because the outward parts were a little bit higher but like it was five feet in and, the lowest part of the bow yeah. And they fit 120 people. And when you go on this ship, we've been on it twice. You think to yourself, there's absolutely no way 120 people. Six weeks. Um, get, get on this boat. I mean, people are puking. You got, there's no. And they were not bathrooms. allowed above deck. Well, they eventually were. He, the, the and, captain and, let and him. Finally, he felt bad for But normally they, were they weren't allowed yeah. to go, uh, to go up. Yeah. So you want to feel like you want to feel it. You want to, you want to walk, you want to walk the path. So this is not your average sit down, have somebody, you know, lecture you, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong, wrong with those kinds of conferences. Right? Um, but you're going to walk, you're going to go to uh burial Hill, which I say is the most alive graveyard I've ever been to. Um, I think that we were talking to Scott about life 
after death. And I think we had a conversation with Brad Cummings and guys, when you die, you don't die. Yeah. I'm telling you the second death doesn't have any power over you. And if you know Christ in this life, when you pass this life, your work, just you begins. keep doing yeah. what God has called you to do. Your calling keeps going on. And I'm telling you that God called this little band of, of believers who were persecuted, who said, you know what? There is no King, but Jesus. That's what we're doing right now, guys. There is no King, but Jesus. And they actually were put in prison because they said there is no King, but Jesus. Okay. And so God called this little band of believers to come here. And you and I are talking right now because somebody heeded the call of God on their lives. But there are stories, there is history that you don't know. And if you knew it, you would say, I can do it too. I can do it too. That's why they have taken, they've literally sucked all the good stuff out of history. They've sucked it out of our history books. Okay. Because if you knew the godly heritage, you would never say, oh, 501c3. You would never say separation of church and state. You'd never say property tax. You would never say property tax. Yeah, exactly. You'd never say LGBTQ either. Oh, you would, you would never. These and that's so we want to take you guys. This is not just a vacation. It's not just a conference. The uh, Leah can get into the first great awakening that we love to talk about. I know Scott's been into the second great awakening, um, but the power of God was moving on New England before the Revolutionary War, and we want to bring back that spirit in new England, in that area. We want to do the third great awakening. We want to light those fires. These torches are there. They're lying. They actually have the fuel in them. We just have have to to light it. And we have to cast out these demonic forces that are in these, you know, kind of the East coast area where these satanic hordes have staked a claim that they have no claim to why, because we left our post. And so we want to go back and get it back. And here's what I say. Before 1776, there was 1620. And we can talk 1776 all day long. But if you don't get down to the root of when the first righteous people came here and staked a claim on this land, not for themselves, but for the kingdom of God, then you can't go forward. And they did things right. So for instance, you guys know about the 1619 project. That was designed to cover up the 400 year anniversary of the pilgrims. They wanted to, it was a demonic attack on this nation. And they wanted to say that our nation was founded on slavery because Jamestown has slaves. Well, let me tell you something, 1620, the pilgrims, they have a slave ship come by. What do the pilgrims do? They arrest the slave ship captains and they set the slaves free. That's the history that they don't want you to know about. They don't want you to know about diversity. They don't want you to know that God had a divine plan for Squanto, who was a Native American who was taken over to England. He was captured. He was a slave in England. He lived there for 12 years. He became a Christian. And when he got back, his tribe was wiped out in the area that the pilgrims would, would, would settle, settle in. And so Squanto knew English, he knew Christianity, and he began to help the pilgrims learn how to hunt and fish and trap. And there was a long lasting peace treaty. This is one of the coolest things that you don't hear about in history. The longest lasting peace treaty between the Native Americans and and settlers or between Europeans lasted 50 years. And you know, it wasn't a peace treaty. It was a friendship. Yeah. It was a friendship. They actually, you know what? There were a lot of warring tribes in the area in Massachusetts. And you would have to 
all the other tribes would give homage to the top tribe. Well, the Wampanoag, they make this treaty with the men who have guns, okay? <laughs> and, and then the rest of the tribes come and give homage to the Wampanoag and to the, and to the, to the pilgrims to, and it wasn't just pilgrims. It was, there were strangers. There were people who weren't part of the, the, um, the religious group, but I'll tell you what, everybody voted in William Bradford for 40 years running. There were all kinds of, you know, as there governor. were, there was, yeah, as governor, this is the most anointed story. I think that we can tell, especially about our nation because Scott talks about it all the time, Jeremiah 616, restore the ancient past. We don't have to redo something mm -hmm. if something was already done. We just have to know, well, what, what made America great? They had the Mayflower Compact. It was the first form of a civil body politic that you could say was a quote, democracy here in, in, in America. And God led them. God led them. And where we're going now, we're on the precipice of something so great and so traumatic and so life-changing. And if we don't know how to operate with the power of God and the glory of God, we will fail. I believe that we are going to win. I believe that that this, this year things are going to change. I do think that the the economy is going to do some crazy stuff. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know that there are people who went before us who laid a path and they, they, they gave their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honor. It, the pilgrim mothers laid down their lives so that we could, so that their children could walk on their backs to freedom. And so we want to take you guys to Plymouth. There's a, a monument there. It's called the forefathers monument. And in the 1800s, the Pilgrim Society said, you know, our nation's pretty awesome. How did it become so awesome? And so they, they uh, hired a man named Hammett Billings. You might know um, a little book called Uncle Tom's Cabin. Well, the illustrator of Uncle Tom's Cabin was Hammett Billings. He designed this monument. It's the largest granite monument in the United States. 81 feet tall. 81 feet tall. It, it was, was actually supposed to supposed be 150 to be, feet. It, it was going to go be, to the top. Yeah, you were supposed to be able to get up in it. And there was a little blip of error in the middle called the Civil War. Yeah. So the funding wasn't there to make it. But it's still, when you go to this place, the ground is so hallowed that you you feel the presence of God here because yeah. it's not just a monument. You we Guys, we can go to monuments all day long. Yeah. They call it the Matrix of Liberty because it is actually a recipe. Yeah. for how did they do it? And when you, when how you under, you're going to get Leo Martin's tour, he dresses up as a pilgrim. He's a historian. Um, he's kind of our main attraction for this event. When you listen to him, tell these stories and interpret this monument. Yeah. You go, the oh. Holy spirit yeah. has put this here yeah. and it's hidden away. And, uh, I don't know if you guys know coach, coach Dave Dobemeyer, um, went with Wano Savin. And um, Sheila Home, Sheila Home, Ohio Brett, just a couple weekends ago. And Coach Dave came back and he sent us a message and he goes, whatever your event is, I'm in. After he went to the monument, he said, you guys were talking about this event and it kind of went in one ear and out the other. But now that I've been there, he goes, I've sent people all over America and I've sent tons of people to Washington, D.C. 
We don't need to be sending anyone to Washington, D.C. We need to send everybody here to this monument. And that is the response that I have heard from every single person that goes to Plymouth. It's called America's Hometown. Imagine if we taught this in public schools. The, the middle part of this monument is this giant woman and she is in its faith. And she's pointing to heaven. She has her foot on Plymouth Rock, and in her Bible, in, in her, her arm is a Bible, and it's and it's open to Revelation, which was the Pilgrims' favorite book because they saw that we win in the end. And she's and and she's pointing to heaven. And there's other different reliefs. There's law. Don't give it all away. Liberty, morality, education. And when you put this whole all together, you you have Liberty Man is one of the one of the most amazing ones. He's got this big muscular guy, he's got a helmet on, he's got this dead lion draped over his back, which represents tyranny overthrown. And Liberty, Liberty Man represents the fact that we we come here and we overthrow with peace and victory and in the power of Christ. You've got education though, and you've got wisdom on one side, and you've got um youth on the other. And wisdom represents the, the older generation passing it down. And there's like a world is a, has got a, a 10 commandments. It's an older man with children and he's in a, in a, and there's a world of biblical worldview with morality. She doesn't have any eyes because morality is within and you have evangelist and prophet on one side and law, um, is with, um, mercy and justice, justice, justice with mercy. You can't have justice without mercy. And so when you go, you recognize, okay, this is how the pilgrims laid the foundation. And then our founding fathers picked their torch up and they ran with it. And I was talking to Brad Cummings. You guys know, if you don't have a founder's Bible, you all got to get one. What's your code? Was it Bards? Probably Bards. Yeah, it's Bards. B-A-R-D-S. Yeah, Bards, 20% off, guys. It's the cheapest price online. Everybody needs a founder's Bible. Yeah, so there you go. There's your midway commercial, free of charge. Get over there and get your founder's Bible. <laughs> Everybody needs a Founders Bible. Promo code BARDS, 20% off. And just go underneath the podcast and the link's right there. So I, I keep it there every day and get your Founders Bible. Go you ahead. need it. You need it because what Brad did with a bunch of amazing historians, Paul Jaley, who was who in, in Plymouth, uh, David Barton, what he has done is he has taken these amazing stories and he puts them right in the passage where they're supposed to be in the Bible. Yeah. And it blows my mind. Like on, I just read Job. So I read his intro to Job, okay? And he he said he he lays out how our founding fathers uh gave their lives and fortune sacred honor and how um so many of them lost their lives, so many of them lost their entire fortunes, families, and things like that. And so when you looking when you're reading the book of Job, you're not reading it the same way anymore. You're reading it as in sometimes you're righteous and you're doing the righteous thing and you lose it all. And you because but you're doing what's right. And your friends may say you're not doing what's right. And we're, we're going to in a position where that is actually going to apply. And when we can see the other people walk these paths. So Brad said to me, he goes, when you went to that monument, he goes, and he, he likes to, he's a pastor. He's, he's like, so what did you feel? What he did you experience? Yeah, he pulls things out of you. And I said, I know this is going to sound weird, but I feel like I saw them. I feel like I saw them, them watching me. Them. I felt them. I felt them there. And he goes, you know, and he said the same thing. When you die, you don't die. And he goes, they have, a, they had a calling and they're just waiting to pass that torch to somebody else. So essentially and you felt like, yeah, to, to sum up what we want, we want you guys to come because we're going to pick up this torch and we yeah. want to do it as a group. And we want you guys, you know, the, the quote as one small candle may light a thousand. That's what we're going to do. We're so, going to, we're going to go, we're going to rekindle the flame 
And then we're going to take it. And just like Scott talks about all the time with the county by county, we want you to take it back to your home, to your community and let it spread like wildfire. And like Leah said the other day, it's not any one event that's going to change the world. Right. A lot happened at Bards Fest. And I think Mm -hmm. we can see that. Um, but we all have to do what we have to do. So if you're called to come to this event, that's what you, that's your, your part of it, right? There's the Clay Clark tours and there's, you know, so many amazing conferences and all of that. Not any one of those, including ours is going to change it, but it's going to take all of them to change it. If that makes sense. So we recognize, go ahead. So what are the, what are the dates? It's September 9th, 10th, and 11th. And we recognize that, you know, the economy is going crazy and the gas prices are going crazy. So um, we are not billing this as a vacation or as some sort of luxury trip. Uh, we have made the, the, we are selling tickets mostly because we we're actually going to make sure that you go to these attractions. Um, and we're going to make sure that there's some meals in, involved. Um, I think we've got a hundred dollars worth of, of attractions and tours, uh, a, a box lunch and a dinner, and it's 125 bucks. Well, it's with 135 the, with the promo code Plymouth promo code, promo, promo code Plymouth. That's a mouthful. Yeah. We'll save you $10 and get you down to the, yeah, we just want you to come. The kids prices basically cover, um, the box lunch, the dinner and the attractions and the attractions. So we just want you guys to get there and come and listen, we have some viewers of ours who are, who said that they can't go and they've offered to do some scholarships. So if you need to, if you need to, if you're like in, in new England and you're like, I can come, I live, I live near there, but I just can't, I I don't know if I got the money to come contact us. We want to make sure that if, if you want to go, you can come. Okay. Um, and so contact us. We want to try to make that happen, but just come. God is going to be moving and we are going to be streaming it. If you cannot come, uh, because we want this information. We've got so many great biblical speakers and historians who, who know stuff and stuff that I don't know. And I want to pass that on. Uh, to and Scott's going to either zoom in or have a recorded video for us. So that's going to be super cool. Brad Cummings is either going to be in person or do the same thing. We've got Dr. Alan Keyes that's going to be there and a whole bunch of other historians. It's going to be awesome. Bring your walking shoes, guys, because I'm telling you, um, like on Friday, you're going to be be at the monument. You're going to have a, a tour. Some people are going to do a walking tour. Some people are going to go Burial Hill and you're going to get hit by the power of God in a graveyard. You've never been hit by power of God in a graveyard, but you will be because it's there. Um, and we're going to take you to William Bradford's monument. And uh, he's got, it's, it's a Hebrew and Greek because William Bradford, he wanted to read the Bible in a language that it was written. So he taught himself Hebrew and Greek. I mean, and he was the governor of Plymouth for 40 years. I mean, this guy was legit powerful in, in knowing God close to Jesus. Uh, one of my, my favorite stories to tell, and I know that, um, you'll hear it when you're there, but it's so powerful. Um, the chief, uh, of the Wampanoag was sick and Edward Winslow, he was a pilgrim. He went and he stayed with the chief and he had this weird fungus growing on his uh, tongue. And he sat there and he scraped it for two weeks and other, um, other people of the tribe got sick and he was scraping his tongue for two weeks and he got better and he lived. They thought he was going to die. They sent that the Wampanoag literally sent to the pilgrims you would think it would be reversed. Hey, do you guys have any ideas? You guys, can you help? And I think it was the power of prayer, but the chief said, now I know that you are my friends. And so this is it. This is a history. And this, and it's not just going to be about the pilgrims. We're going to have some people there talking about the founding fathers and we're going to redo a covenant. We're going to have, um, we've got a, a native American who's coming as an evangelist, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Muskrat. Muskrat. He's coming with pastor Devin O'Neill, and they're going to do a recovenanting ceremony, uh, with the native Americans. Um, 
and it's going to be really powerful. I think it's going to be a life-changing event. So if we didn't sell it, I don't know what else we can do to get y'all there. And like Scott says, I know Scott's been saying, listen, if you, he, and we feel the same way, something is coming down the line. It's really intense. Yeah. And a lot of people are called to stay where they are at. If you Mm -hmm. live on the East coast and you can get there fairly easily, that's really who we want to target, um, this toward because it's your areas. I think what you're saying that I'm going to jump on that one, because if you're called go, I mean, it's that simple. I don't, I don't care where you are. I mean, we didn't expect to have 40, almost 50 states represented at Bars Fest. We had people from Hawaii. That's crazy. The coolest thing ever. You know, we had Hawaii and Alaska come in, which was phenomenal. That's so insane. And Canada tried to come, but the I know. Nazis at the border wouldn't let them. Yeah. So if you're called, go. It's that simple. And the thing is that this is really one of these things you're going to have to check your gut with God. And when I say the gut check, it's literally, if God wants you to go and you're like, well, I don't have the money. It's already out here. It'll be made possible. Yeah. Okay. If, if you are concerned about gas costs, if you're concerned about housing costs, I just know how this worked in Bart's Fest. I know how it's going to work here. It's already started for you. There'll be the money there. Just reach out and, and it'll be figured out because it's important to be there. Right. You know, God blessed us so well. We were able to help people get to Bards Fest. We put a couple of people up in hotels, provided meals. That was fantastic. Right. Right. So, and from what I understand, those specific people, their lives were changed. Ones that you were able to put up in the hotel, like they were called to be there. They were. And so if you're, if you feel compelled to go, go, it'll, it'll work out. This is a great event. This is, this is truly I'm 100% with you. We've got to get back to the roots of what is the spark, the fire. Last night, what I talked about, all right, so this is airing, so it would be night before last when this comes <laughs> up. So I had to think about that. So it would have been Tuesday night on Fishers of Men, what I talked about, mm. was that we have to start seeing ourselves as the sword of the spirit that God is wielding. Yeah. And when we are see ourselves that way, then we understand. I mean, if we haven't taken care of the sword, what happens? It becomes dull and the flame is low. That's powerful. So what has to happen? You have to send it back to the swordsmith and he has to reforge it. He's yeah. got to put it back on the, on the flame. He's got to retemper the steel. He has to polish the sword's edge. This is all about that polishing right now. Mm. People have to get sharp. Yeah. I mean, this is how this war is won when we are walking truly in alignment with God. And if you're called... Don't has this is not a time to doubt. If you're called, go. Yeah, it's that simple. You know, if, like, and, and you better figure it out because God's not playing right now. Right. Well, we don't, and we're in the middle of a war, and it's yeah. not a time we're going to be like, oh well, you know, God, can I check it out next year? Yeah, I don't know what's going to be next year. We don't know what don't next know. year exists as. Right. Probably the answer would be hell no. <laughs> <laughs> we're telling people to come. And be ready with your spiritual uh, weapons of your warfare, because while Plymouth is America's hometown, there is a church right there in the center of a town that, that flies the rainbow flag. And in, in the foyer, it's a Unitarian church. They hand out Wiccan witchcraft pamphlets, satanic pamphlets. Okay. This is a place that was so holy and so righteous and still is. But the flames, like Michelle said, the, 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 the gas is in there and the, and the, and the tinders already, it just needs to be lit. The fires of revival. And you were talking about the second great awakening, the first great awakening went all up and down new England, uh, right before the revolution. It was the, these Puritan, uh, Puritan people who came after the pilgrims, they were very stoic. They were very by the book. Um, 
and they were the ones, you know, Salem witch trials, um, which they repented of afterwards, actually. Um, but there were fires of revival. And when I say revival, I mean, what Scott has been talking about on your, on his show lately, repentance. That's right. True repentance. Revival is not what we think it is. It's not, Hey, we're going to sing a little Bethel music, which I actually love Bethel music. Um, it is when you're on your face and you see yourself for who you really are and you're repenting, we need people truly repentant for not, um, doing what's right. And Scott has this message and I don't know exactly how this ties in, but I, I absolutely know it's true. Um, that you, you had said they must not game the, the system. We have been in a cycle where we have been forced to game the system for the past 100 years. You yeah. guys, everything that we have, everything in my house is pretty much made in China or Bangladesh or Thailand or the Philippines or on the backs of somebody else because we have this system, the Federal Reserve System, the educational system, the, the, the FBI, the CIA, all these systems, okay? And they're in power because the church left the church said, you know what? We're going to disengage because of separation of church and state. And I'm telling you, the pilgrims, the founding fathers engaged the civil civics with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we don't engage and we will, and as we do begin to engage, like Scott does on the show where the power of God falls and you guys are convicted, and you begin to change your lives. As we begin to engage, we begin to break down those walls. Okay. So that we don't look at the government and these people in, in power and we don't look up at them, we look straight in the eye and we say, we are going to move you in the name of Jesus. And so if you're called to come with us, I want you to be walking through Plymouth and be taking down and reclaiming it for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. Reclaiming this history, Massachusetts and the 1860s, John Dewey created the first compulsory public educa education system. Okay. We've got to take this back because what they did, they, it was a satanic issuing. Oh, we're just going to educate kids. We're going to, and the idea was to keep them from becoming Catholic. What it was is as soon as you have the government issue education, they begin to take God out of it. They take the anointing out of it. And history is his story. And when I begin to read the, the Christian history of this nation, I get on fire because those are my relatives. Okay. I'm of Swedish descent. I get more excited reading what people Christians have, have done before me because I know that that mantle gets passed down and passed down and passed down. And I say, I want that mantle. I want to do what they did. And you guys listen to bars because you're a very special group of people because you want to do what they did. You want to fight. Right. Man. Good. That was awesome. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can say anything right now. That was really good. <laughs> I tell you what, when I, when I start to talk about the founding fathers, I get teary eyed, I get emotional. I get to the place where I, God begins to show me the things that they've said. I've got a ton of books and this is what we want you guys to be educated on because when, uh, William Federer, David Barton, wall builders, uh, you've got to read their writings in their own, in their own, um, in their own writing. Because when you do, you say, do you know the Northwest ordinance? It was when they, you know, Ohio, I believe, I don't know if it's Kentucky's part of it. Um, it literally says religion and morality being necessary to good and go good government schools and means of education should forever be encouraged. That's right there in the Northwest ordinance. Everything that every, every state that was yet to be 
in the Northwest or uh, under the Northwest ordinance had to, they wanted to encourage religion and morality. Now you guys hear the word religion and you think stoic. No, no, no. Religion just means the gospel. It means Christianity. Okay. So Christianity and morality being necessary to good government, schools, and every means of education should forever be encouraged. Don't tell me you can take that that our founding fathers were deists who didn't want us to to have separation of church and state. We have to have Christianity. You know why? Because when we open up the word of God, it is a guidebook for how life's supposed to go. Okay. And sometimes we can go a little bit too harsh, a little bit Old Testament. You know, we don't stone people. That's not a good idea. There's All some right. I'd like to stone. There's, there's some you may like to stone, right? But you know, when it comes to things like homosexuality, um, I, I can we can say it on bards, I, I I think, you know, there's a reason why the monkeypox right now is spread through gay, not just gay sex, but gay orgies. People who are gay men who are having sexual relations with, with 20, 30, 40 people. The word of God is clear. He, God doesn't set things up and say, no, don't do this. No, do he's not a, a, a no God. He's a, Hey, he's a dad who loves us and says, you know what? That's going to hurt you. Right. That's not, that's not what I designed that for son. That's going to hurt you. And it's going to hurt somebody else. And it's eventually going to hurt society because it's going to mess with your mind. It's going to mess with your body. And so we have to recognize that the law of God is love. It's absolutely true. And so when we re- yeah. And so when you see that, you can see that morality and Christianity, we need to be schooled. Even Benjamin Franklin, he was so excited that there were revivals happening. And these were spirit filled revivals, people kind of some tongue talk, tongue talking, Holy Ghost filled revivals, people on their face before God. Even Benjamin Franklin said, guys, there's no revolution without people repenting, getting on their face before God. And you know, this kind of brings it full circle because I know you guys were wanting us to do a, a, a big Bards Fest this year. You wanted Scott to do multiple Bards Fest because you're so hungry because when we went to Bards Fest last because year- Because God's cool, that's why. It was God's revival. Cool. Because God's of, cool. Because of repentance. What happened um, on Saturday and, and the whole vibe changing there because of repentance- um, and you can't make it up. You can't make that up. Only God brings revival and brings repentance. We just have to show up and be willing to be corrected and to be willing to be shown where we have erred as a nation, as an individual and, and everyone that came to, or not everyone, but a lot of people that came to Bards Fest came with that humble spirit and the power of God fell. So here we are, we're going to be coming up on almost an exact year later, uh, Leah and, and I and Scott are going to meet up in Missouri just before this event. I know that we're going to seal something and send, yeah. and Scott's going to send us off there, um, to, to Plymouth, but it, it is the timing on this is uncanny yeah. from us meeting up in Missouri, the same exact weekend as Bards Fest. And then Leah and I going to Plymouth and taking as many Bards people as we can there. I do not think that it's coincidental. God is doing something and the fires were lit one year ago at yeah. Bards Fest. Yeah. I truly believe that. I agree with that. I think that, um, right now it's an interesting thing when you listen to the dialogues that we all have had over the last couple of years. Yeah. And we walked carefully in, in many ways. Some, some of it was within our hearts. Some of it was within the, the respect of the audience, but we walked fairly carefully in our languages around God, around Christ, mm. around repentance. Those were words we didn't use heavily. And for a lot of reasons, because I think that 
you know, even I myself, I was, I've been pretty strong as a, I, I'm not one that likes the revelationist worship. I can't stand it. And, and I'm pretty bold right. about yeah. it. And because repentance isn't that. And yet what we've arrived at now is part of a common dialogue among many. We're doing it right here. We'd, in Bardsfest was a big moment for me. And when you were, when literally it was, I woke to that morning from the prayer team that said, you have to repent. Yeah. I tell that story frequently because it was a moment that I literally was like, well, how can I do this? The schedule's already set. Yeah. Right? Like, what am I going to do? You know, I have to change everything. And that's when I, you know, I've said the story. I reached for my Bible and it wasn't there. They found it. I had left it out at the, at the, uh, the event site. The, what it really is an eye opener in the whole Bards Fest thing, and this is why we come here, you have, we have to let go. And I think that's the biggest lesson for me is we have to let go of what we think is going to happen, what we think can or can't happen. Yeah. When God puts something on your heart, just do it. Yeah. Pursue it. I don't know how it's going to end up, but every time we pursue it, it God's math is not our math. So if you're called, go. If you can't go, don't be burdened, That's watch really online good. or do other things. It's not a guilt issue. It's a, if you're called, go. If not, listen to what God wants you to do because some people, they need to stay close. Yeah, exactly. That's part of where, what God, this was, and this was something that, you know, we've talked at length about it. I've shared some on the show. This event is what needs to take precedence right now, not another Bars Fest. And I didn't know what it was going to look like, but at the me- same time, here we are a year later and, you know, God had really put on my heart, like, don't get involved in another Bards Fest this year. We've got all sorts of stuff planned for 2023, yeah, but not 2022. So we've spent, I've spent a lot of time close to home yeah, building out the homestead in that process. This other piece of property came into play, which was totally unforeseen and <laughs> takes a lot of my time. And we've got these things building and then this event comes out of the blue which is what you mentioned just a bit ago, Mike Lindell's event. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. kind of tooling along going, Lottie, da, okay, cool. August 20th. And, and it just, I went, wait a minute, what the heck is this? We're literally going back to almost the epicenter of Bars Fest an Same exact year later. <laughs> it's and crazy. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Zach Payne's going to be there. All these people that were at Bars Fest are coming back. Right. In an event that has been to celebrate or to release a film that Mike Lundell funded. I mean, this connections are unbelievable. Mike was at Bards Fest. This is, it's right. all, it's all coming together and you begin to see that you are, it's when you begin to obey, mm. I've been seeing this lately. Oh, wow. Okay. Now the things that have been on my heart, the things that other people have on their hearts, we're seeing it, we're seeing it play out. And I'm excited and I know that it looks like it's going to get bad. And, and we talk about this. It has to get bad before it gets worse. And what it does. Wait a minute. It has to get bad. Get, gets bad before it gets better. Yeah. You I said it has that to get, that have, been prophetic. It has been, to get bad before it gets worse. So, so here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. It's Mike Lindell's event. He's going to talk. Right. And Mike Lindell spoke exactly a year mm. i just looked it up wow the 19th of august is exactly a That's year crazy. after mike spoke at bards fest and if you remember when mike did his talk that was a 
I'll tell you what, you talk about a what I thought was going to be the worst, one of the worst days of my life, it began because, so on top of we're having the repentance issue go on, which was like, oh, thanks, God, I don't know what I'm going to do here. And then I get the call, and Mike was supposed to be speaking twice that day, so he flew in early. And the schedule was posted wrong. They, they The wrong schedule was up, and it only had Mike speaking once. Oh, wow. Okay. And he arrives, and on top of that, the fire marshal had come in the night before right, and decided that. to be little Nazis, and they destroyed our, had us move to our new VIP room, which was a complete pile of poo. It was horrible. And so we're in this massive disaster. And Mike flew in early specifically to get ready, to spend some time in the VIP room, blah, blah, blah. So I'm on the phone to Caitlin, his assistant, and I'm like, I am so sorry. And she's like, don't worry about it. Mike's tired. He's going to go back to the hotel and sleep. And I really didn't know what to expect because I, I, I would have been irritated as a big-time CEO coming in and getting jinked like that. And as it turned out, everything turned so incredible because not only did the VIP room get transformed by an amazing team of Bard's volunteers. I mean, I, I can't thank them to this day enough for the effort and literally elbow grease and backlifting to move that place around and transform what was really just handed to us as a big pile of junk, dirty, filthy, everything. They turned it into a spectacular VIP room for everybody to hang out in. Very comfortable, wonderful. And then Mike speaks that night and he gives his whole testimony mm. and the first of two rainbows breaks in the sky. It was insane. Right? It was insane. So we, we have this thing going on here and this is all part of a, this is like when I, when it was pretty clear I wasn't, we were going to do Bards Fest this year and I know people wanted it. Yeah. And I, and I've just kind of explained, as I, I think people know, is we will. But this yeah. isn't the moment. Right. And I've never been stressed about it. In fact, what stressed me out was trying to get a Barge Fest going because there was too much in mm -hmm. other me mechanisms that had to be done. We have to take care of our homes. We have yeah. to right. take care of our lives local. We've got to get our footholds ready because it's kind of like, you know, I'm going to go race my sailboat, but you haven't bothered to lock down the sails and you are, get things ready to lock down all the gear. Mm -hmm. You haven't, you haven't taken care of stocking the supplies you need. That, that's where right. we are. Right. And the storm is coming and we're going to do fine. But yeah. now this event comes and again, so this is a, it's a great point is just go. If you're called, man, go, if you're called, it, the one, it, it will be. The one great. thing that God laid on our hearts was we love you guys, patriots, but unfortunately we have all been robbed of a Christian, of our Christian heritage. We don't know what we don't know. Okay. We don't know about bulletproof George Washington. When I tell the story about bulletproof, bulletproof George Washington, he was in the French and Indian war. He was a young guy in his twenties and he was fighting with uh general, um, it was a uh, Braddock, I think it was. And every, everybody around him was shot down. Okay. Because the British were still fighting the British way and the, the French, with their native Americans came in and ambushed them. And George Washington was running the front lines back and forth on his horse, back and forth on his horse. And word got back that that whole, the whole, every single person was dead. Everything, every single person, the general was killed. William or um, George Washington took command in like his twenties. Can you imagine? And, and he, George Washington was riding his brother and he said, 
hey, uh, I just want you to know that that eulogy uh, about me is wasn't real, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't die. I'm here. I'm glad to tell you. But he goes, the only reason I didn't die was because God with God was with me. He says the divine hand of providence. I had uh, four bullet holes, holes shot through my coat. He said I had um, two horses shot out from under me. He goes, I'm not injured. How is this even possible? He said um, later on he met with one of the chiefs who was in that battle and the chief, uh, he was in Ohio in this area, the, in, in the, the, the Northwest ordinance territory. And, uh, this chief said, I've, I have long, I've traveled far and I've long wanted to, to meet this great warrior in battle. He said, I shot at you 17 times, but you wouldn't go down. And another, another guy, another chief said, I shot at you 11 times and you wouldn't go down. And we realized that the great spirit was with you. And so we stopped shooting at you. And he said, this, he said, they, they, they said this general George Washington, he doesn't fight like the red coats. He fights like one of, he fights like one of us. And then that chief began to prophesy over George Washington. It was 15 years later. So it was like 1750s, way before the revolutionary war. And he said, you will be king of a great empire, chief of a great empire. And there was this, this admiration and this mutual admiration between the, the, these, these warriors in battle. The prophetic words on this nation are, are hard to, to grasp in our minds because they have been so rewritten from our history. And it's been heavy on my heart to teach the patriots our godly heritage, because when you know it, you can, you will begin to stand up and you will begin to get your shoulders back. And then you won't, you won't bow or kowtow, um, when they come at you and say, yeah, well, you know, being, you know, we can just do a little homosexuality and we can, you know, is a gay marriage really that bad when you know what, you know, what, you know, you stand with it engraved on the memorial honoring, uh, Thomas Jefferson says God who gave us life, gave us Liberty. Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that these liberties are a gift from God. If we are a nation unrepentant, if we don't need him right now, there are uh, droughts right now in North Texas. We just went to North Texas, a little revival. In North Texas, those cattle ranchers are selling off their herds. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a we're gonna have a problem with with beef. Okay, all of all of the West. I don't know if, if Scott, you had a chance to look at that drought map. Is in the red. Droughts are a sign that God is not blessing the nation. And when you pray and when you seek him, the rains come. Even if the drought is climate engineered, God, Even God can drought. overcome. Yes. DARPA. There are blessings that we don't hear. We have gotten to the place with modern conveniences, with washing machines and, and um, you know, going to the grocery store and all these things where we don't need God anymore. And I we am praying. We, hold on. Hold on. We think we don't need God. Yeah. Anymore. Well, we think we don't need God anymore, but I am praying and I am looking forward. Call me whatever you want to call me. I'm looking forward to the crash. Because I want to need him. That's good. And I want you to need him. And I want to know that when I wake up, the food on my table is because God blessed me and not because of some genetically modified machine run by diesel and some uh, slave picker in California making $2 an hour. I want to look at my food because there's something, and Scott knows this, something that is good for your soul. 
when you plant a seed into the ground and you need him to bless it and you need the rains to come. We need to need him. And Satan has created this, 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 this horrible system where we can't have, it, it doesn't last very long. Okay. We were sick. We're obese. We're not really healthy. Right. We need to need him. So I want, and I'm praying that the system, this, this system that we have right now is disgusting. I want it to fall. I want people to get on their faces before God. And like the pilgrims, they had a drought and the native Americans did their rain dances and, and, and their crops were going to fail. They were not, that meant starvation. And so the pilgrims, they fasted and they prayed. And for two weeks, they got a light drizzle. And of course, the Native Americans said, wow, you know, your God, your God did this. I believe they, they believed that that was a sign that God did that. You hit on something here that's really important. Again, I, I want you to elaborate a little bit on it because you're, you're talking about someone who's going to be there that's a Native American. We have got to bridge the wound, the blood, yeah. the blood rift between yeah. First and Last Nations. We're yeah. Last Nation. Right. Yeah. And we are Last Nation. And, and we will either be Last Nations to restore new or we will be Last Nations to ever live. That's, that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And, and it's, it's pretty blunt. And the First Nations carry an enormous amount of wisdom. And if you've spent any time with Native Americans, most people will discover that their embrace to Christ and their embrace to, to Christianity is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And they see in Christianity many of the things of their own prophecy, many of their beliefs of their own system. Mm-hmm. It's very profound. And I have spent time with them. And it is, it is amazing. I have so much respect for that path and what they, the way that they were living. And they each, and we all have our burdens. Right. There, there's, no one is, is immune from sin and burden in this. Mm-hmm. So there's not a sense of pedestalizing one culture over the other. But what we have to come to grips with is how those blood rifts were created because they weren't created by us. They were created by the hands of the same people that are messing with us today. Boom. And they were the same people that manipulated the early American Indian wars. They were the same people that continued. And and there's a really interesting piece, which we won't get into fully today, but it's the Lewis and Clark piece. Mm Mm-hmm. And the real question is, what was that mission really about? Because they were a peacekeeping mission as well. They were bridging relationships with the Native Americans. And that gets into a whole really interesting discussion about finding gold and, and bypassing the Hudson Bay Company and stuff like this. But, but if you, we watch what happens then as they do their mission, then suddenly Pike and his Luciferian team decides to incite the Civil War, which then leads to the final... American Indian War, which is in the Northwest Territories. And who fights that? It's the displaced Southerners that can't get any reconstruction money. And the only place they can find work is to go fight and kill the Native Americans. This whole thing has been a chessboard of plays to create deep and long-lasting generational blood rifts. And we have got to bring First Nation and Last Nations together to sit down and to air our grievances, to hear God in our hearts and heal these things. With this, we have to get past it. And we have to get past the sins of our, of our ancestors if yeah. they were there. And we have yeah. to start stepping in anew because I believe yeah. what you're just saying is this America that we know, this corporate America will fall. Yeah. The question is what will rise up? Will it yeah. be the pillar of Egypt with the the pyramid in the eye, or will it be the shining light of God that leads his people where the people look to God on all things first. And when we have that opportunity, that's the juncture we're at. And it's a phenomenal juncture. It's an opportunity literally once 
in an existence, not just a lifetime, but yeah. an existence. And it's right before us to do that. I'm so excited that you brought that up because honestly, guys, I wasn't sure how the Native Americans fit into this narrative um, my whole life. I wasn't exactly sure. And it wasn't until I started to grow my own food and it wasn't until I started to get into like kind of the survival mindset and mode and recognize that um, there is wisdom that we need from the Native Americans that they are more than willing and called by God to give. You think about the, the tribes that would follow the buffalo and they would literally pack up everything and follow the buffalo. And they, they would literally use everything in the buffalo, the hide, the, the hooves, the bones, the meat, and they would live off of that. And that was in harmony with God. And we were in Texas and we, were, we had, had a little revival going and people were talking about the Native Americans. And the power of God came on me and said, are you ready? Are you ready to, to desire to touch me the way the narrative American, the way the Native Americans touch me? When you go outside, you need to go outside. God communicates to us. We don't worship nature, but the nature is the express image of our creator. And if we aren't outside looking at the trees at sunset, you hear the crickets and the frogs. That's his music to us in the morning. When you hear the birds chirping and the sun coming up, that is him communicating to us. And that is why we're trying to get back to those ancient past, Scott, because it's really just getting back to our way of communicating with God, with our, with all of our senses. So God, Wait, we want to be experiencing him all. Yeah. We want to experience him all day, every day. Okay. And there, and this system that we have right now, actually just, it, it, it pulls us away from God because we're not experiencing him. Like even when you're outside the breeze, that goes over you. That's experiencing God. Well, and it's it's more than that too. So Scott has now experienced this. He's had calves yeah. on his property. You know, we've raised piglets and we've had, you know, hens hatch out chicks and you watch the mom teach them how to be a chicken, right? When you watch these kinds of things happen, when you are a part of it, when you understand that it's also part of the life cycle and the food cycle and your kids are a part of that, all of that is communing with God. It's beyond just going out and hiking in some beautiful place because anybody can feel spiritual in that moment because God really is there. Mm -hmm. But when you get up, like Scott's been doing and you go to the land and you see the cows and you see the calves and you, and you see reproduction, right? That to me, and also I can take it a step further when you have to take a life, right? When, when it's time to butcher the cow, when it's time to time to butcher the pig, all of that is communing with God. And we are so far separated from it. How can you really understand the old Testament and all of the sacrifices if you've never taken the life of an animal? Scott, yeah, explain that agree. to me. Boy, I agree with that. And I think that's one of the distortions that happens in the modern day pulpit is there's no connection to what those things actually meant and were about. So it, they default to a heavy emphasis on the new Testament because the old Testament seems to be outdated or uh -huh. it's no longer, or even in some extreme cases, no longer relevant because of the new Testament, which is complete garbage. Right. You know, it's like, well then how come the two books are there? You know, it's like, yeah. okay, wake up. So we we're, we're talking about this reviving a nation in the sense of the ancient paths, which I use the term also, we have to go back to go forward. I think that yeah. a lot of times when we use that metaphor, it is like, are we going to go back to horse and buggy? I don't know. I'd be pretty good with that if we did, because I don't really have a problem. But my point is, God will guide that. 
we yeah. have to reset. It isn't about the physical things. It's about the spiritual relationship. Yeah, we're trying to get back it. to communing with God. When we're sitting here every day and we're consumed with, okay, well, how much money did I make? My, my bank balance, where am I going to get the money to go buy food? And this, all of these are extensions of a system that's run by Lucifer. It's a Babylonian right. system. Boom. Right. When we're communing with God and we're growing food and there's other things involved, God works. I, I had a, somebody the other day and I, it, it's just crazy because we had a couple things that we were focusing on doing on the property. And I was literally, I looked casually at my budget and I'm like, all right, God, these are things I need to do. I, I really don't know how we're going to get them done, but this is our priorities and I'll just trust in you. And, and I just let it go. I am not kidding. The next day a check arrives in the mail. This just happened last week. Check arrives in the mail. It says, I don't know what you need this for, God put it on my heart and said, you needed this right away. Now keep in mind that check was mailed a week before I even had that communion with God. Wow. And it's covered those expenses just like That's that. Huge. Right. And I'm so grateful for the person that sent it. And it's, um, but it's, again, we're listening and, and God's using Satan's resources, which are restrictive. Yeah. They're based on, uh, they're based on limitations or based right. on scarcity, but he's using it to teach us how we can, we can gift and we can use, and we can set yeah. aside portions for others because we don't need as much as we think when we're all working together, Absolutely. but when we're hoarding for ourselves, and this is something I hit on heavily is if you're prepping right now and all you're doing is prepping for yourself to hoard, to keep food there for six, seven years, you've missed the whole point. Right. Part of this right now is we are we are filling silos so that, yes, our household is stable, but that you have portions to share mm -hmm. with others to help bring their love and their trust in Christ into their lives. Right. Because that's how we're going to build this. Yeah. And, then, and when we start living that way, we start to realize truly the power of God. It is there is God's math is not our math. I just yeah. keep saying it. God's math is not our math. So whatever we're facing, as long as our head is in the right place with God and we've been doing the diligence that he's asked us to do, there is no fear. That was so good. You know, we commune with God. Um, getting back to the Native Americans real quick, something that kind of maybe this will help the patriots understand the connection with the Native Americans because the what what is what they're feeling right now is is so much deeper than, oh, they took their land, okay? It's not about the land, okay? It's about a lifestyle mm. that they they lived that, that was in communion with God. And so it's like they took away their communion with God when you have 300, I think, uh, peace treaties that were um, disannulled and made void. And then you've got the Trail of Tears, which took... Um, Native Americans from North Carolina, I believe, um, uh, on this journey from these beautiful mountains and, and a certain kind of weather. Think about it. You're, you grew up and you're communing with God and, and these are the, your woods and this is how you hunt. And this is, these are the fires that you build. And these are the homes that you have. And then your march on that death march all the way to, and I lived in Oklahoma and, and I wouldn't want to go from North Carolina to Oklahoma, honestly, because it's hot and it's, and it's, and it can be dry and it's not the same it's barren. and, and it's, and it's kind of barren. And so you're literally saying, but my God was here and I talked to him here and I communed with him here and I communed with him in my lifestyle. What they, what, 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 what the native Americans really need 
is to be able to have the lifestyle that they had that communed with God and the ability to commune with God with the, with the life that they had. You know, one so of the I, most- I'm going to jump in here just oh, a minute, Leah, because I, I don't totally agree with this. I think, and I'm just hear me out. I think that God has done, I think all of us are put into challenges, mm. severe ones. And I think that a lot of what we have to face as a people is here is where we've arrived. Mm. And the problem is that when we hang on too much to what we had, right. we never move forward. So when we talk about reviving ancient paths, we have to go back and learn the lessons of how to commune. I agree yeah. with that. But in going forward, we can't be burdened and anchored by what was in the past. If we are going to keep doing that, we're going to be in this stupid OODA loop that they want us to be in, and it's never going to leave us. Well, I, I, I think I, just, maybe, I didn't get, maybe I didn't express it right. So here's the thing. When I grow my food, I'm connecting with God in a way that somebody stole from me. And, and my, my grandfather came over, he wanted to be a farmer. And so what I'm saying is that when, when you take somebody off of land and you put them on to like a, in a box, that's what they've done to black people. And they put them in the inner cities. Right? That's what they so, did to the Europeans when they did it in the land closure acts. It's it, all been it's happened to all. You of don't us. have a plan. Yeah, exactly. And so when you put it all together, okay, we've all had land stolen from us. Seventy five percent of the land out west is owned by the government. Okay, illegally in, in in the depression. Okay, in the depression, that was that was financially set up to steal land. Sixty percent of the people were self sufficient on farms pre nineteen twenty nine self-sufficient on farms, growing their own food. People actually wanted to be farmers. So it's, it connects. It's not just the Native Americans. It's every single person. But there is a connection there with the Native Americans who it's not so much that you look back and you say they stole my land. It's the lifestyle. It's the ancient path lifestyle. Right. And, was, and like that was said, and like removed. we just said, it's been, and that's where we all need to find the common denominator. Right. It's been stolen from, from all, all of us. us. It has. And this is really critical. And I, I say this because the the dialogue right now is very emphasized on underappreciated, supposedly minorities. Mm -hmm. And the evil in the world is seen as the white European, unless, right. of course, you're Joe Biden and his lazy clan of pedophiles, then you are uh, then you're OK. But everybody else that comes from from some sort of European descent, you're evil, you're white, you're racist. This is this nonsense that the progressive lefts keep pumping out like diarrhea mm -hmm. and it's just disgusting. So the fact is that everybody has been cheated by the system and everybody yeah. has been victimized by the yeah. system. So the victim right. mentality is when we have to be very careful not to trip into. Oh, absolutely. We have to rise within God's grace. Yes. And that's strength. That's, and that's humility. And that's to be able to sit down all of us and say, okay, what is the common enemy? Right. And so when I like when I talk about bridging the wounds between the ancient the First Nations and the Last Nations, I'm not talking about going back to prairie lifestyle and you get to have all your, your buffalo back. And I'm sorry, but that's just not where we've arrived, right? But I we are talking about respecting one another and we are mm -hmm. talking about learning from one another and we are talking about listening to what wisdoms we each have to share because there's a lot on both sides. Mm -hmm. On all sides, I should say. Yeah. And we are talking about bearing the hatchet on these fake divisions that were created by others, manipulating us to kill one another, to fight one another, to hate one another, because that's how they rule. Right. 
And so when we truly arrive at that point, then we start to talk about what the new America looks like. Yeah. There is a prophecy in Native American culture, and that prophecy is fairly profound because it talks about the end of America. Mm. And people talk about all the time in terms of revelation that America is never mentioned. When we see an end of a corporate state, we aren't seeing the rise of new God state necessarily. The corporate state of America, I have no doubt, is on its last legs. Yes. We're, we're, in a, we're in a terminal spin here. The question is, are you going to follow it to the abyss or are you going to step into God's kingdom that yeah. he's asked, he's offering, the gates open? All we have to do is follow it. Yeah. And if we're, that's the ancient paths, it's reviving that walk and right. trust and communion with God. And when we arrive there, and we're, I shouldn't even say it that way, we're already here. Yeah. That's the point. Rebuilding, I think, and I just want to emphasize this point. I don't mean to take it off so far, but it's so important to get this principle. When you're rebuilding, if you've ever done a remodel, what happens? The same house you're working in, and when you tear it down, it looks like crap. Yeah, yeah. The walls are gone. You gut it out. You find the dry rot. You find the you find the carpenter ants. You find the broken yeah. concrete pad. You find the pillars that need to be replaced. You've gutted it out. The old wiring has to be done. Remodel is ugly. It is. And as you rebuild it, you're within the same structure. Now the structure you were in, you were like, well, man, I wish I hadn't have done this because it looked pretty good before. Right. It was just barely holding together. Right. And as you gut it down, you look around and you say, this is worse than it was before. It gets dirty inside. Right. All that waste stuff you have, you've got stuff outside, inside the house, doesn't matter how you do it. But little by little, that diligence of staying with it, right. you transform it. Yeah. And then you get to that place where you start to see some real change. The new framing's up, the new lumber's right. up, the new wiring's in, the new plumbing gets put in, the new insulation comes in, the wallboard comes yeah. in. And then you're like, wow. <laughs> and then it's the next part. It's the hardest part because then you got to go through finish. And finish takes you like, hey, it was going so fast and then it all stopped. Well, no kidding. Because <laughs> yeah. finish is where it takes so much time. That's the refinement, the details. Yeah. That's when you're putting the trim in just perfectly. You're making sure everything fits right. You're putting the flooring in just right. Yeah. And then this finally you're painting. Yeah. And finally the all when all the flooring is finally in, the cabinets are in, all this is done. It's a whole new existence. It it's the same outer shell, it right. looks like. Kinda. And inside it's a whole new existence. Yeah. And that's really what we're experiencing right now. Exactly. No, no, that's, that's exactly so yeah. and, and for to remind your viewers, um, and I know we talked about this probably the very first time you had us on your show. But Leah and I remodeled the house that we bought in 2010. It was my grandmother's yep. house. So we have literally done that down to the ca carpenter ants. Oh, they're they everywhere. Exist. And you, and you have, and the installation and all of that, like in the rot. And it's just like, when you get down and it's like, this is never going to get better. And then at, like the, the exact progression yeah. that you just laid out only comes from somebody who has done it. Right. And, and just to kind of now bridge what we've been talking about to, to Scott's analogy there, the Bible is the same way when Jesus was talking in parables, he was talking in parables that the people understood. You will never be able to understand. I am the vine and you are the branches <laughs> apart from me. You can do nothing. If you don't understand grapevines, if you don't know how to grow grapes, if I you don't know pruning. If you don't know, that's why that's why Jesus wasn't just speaking in those parables because that was what was of the time. It was because that's the way that God designed us all to live. And so I agree with you. We, there are people that would say, but I don't want to go through the house remodel. 
I don't want to do the work. I'd rather just live here and let the house collapse around me. That's fine. It's going to, but the rest of us are going to rebuild this house. We are going to restore the ancient paths. And what I find amazing about the the relationship with the native Americans or whether it's the African-Americans and we're all Americans. And that's, that's what it comes down to. God is taking us into a new era. Yeah. And that's this, I believe we're going to enter into the kingdom age. Yeah. And we, there's going to be a complete tearing down before we get there. But the yeah. common denominator that is going to hit all of us square in the face is choose this day whom you shall serve. Oh, boy, yeah. that's good. And you will have a choice whether you are going to serve God Almighty or you are going to continue to go the lazy way or the evil way. There's here's the deal there's God's side, which is full on. You don't get a choice, you're going forward. Or there's being lazy or being blatantly evil and trying to do evil. But guess what? Both of those will perish with, if you don't want to do the work, if you don't want to fight for the kingdom of God. So you're going to have to get up because remember the Bible tells us that there are going to be people that come and say, God, but didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do all of this? Didn't we get people saved? I can guarantee you, there's going to be people that come before God almighty, that, that everybody would be shocked to know that they didn't make it because their hearts were rotted on the inside. They had this outer shell that was amazing. And God right now is doing a transition where he is pruning his vine. And that is happening in the church. And that is happening in the United States. And we need to be ready to be, to take in the people that don't really know much, but they're like, you know what? I don't want to be pruned. And then they jump on our side and they know nothing. And it's our time to teach them. And we're going to need to learn from the native Americans. We're going to need to learn from the African Americans. We're going to need to go to our roots of European, whatever your heritage is. I don't care. We all Christians. I feel closer to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob than I do my Swedish ancestors. And when people see me, they see a Viking chick. I get it. Okay. Because that's my quote unquote heritage, but my real heritage is in God, the father and our American heritage. And that's where we all need to go back to the American heritage. It's not about being just devoted to the flag, you know, or whatever you want to say that it is being a patriot. I love all those words, but really when it boils down to it, to me, America is saying we've got a land that is devoted to God where people can come and worship him freely. And we need to ensure that that never gets taken away. And it's 1776 worldwide. Yeah, it really is. Vision is worldwide and yeah. we're seeing the patriots you know getting up with the dutch farmers and and people in italy and people in poland the vision the america it might blow some people's minds and i'm sure uh you know I, somebody might have something to say the american vision is the whole world yeah <laughs> i got news for you we have some uh co- colonial ideals okay basically the founding fathers did too they wanted america america's everywhere that's what they envisioned. Boom, 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 boom. Fires of liberty, uh, republics all over the globe. So you don't have to be an American to to be an American. Well, here's here's what's to have, prove that point. Yeah. In the British colonies, if you were caught with a copy of the Declaration of Independence, the penalty was death. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, this we're, is worldwide. It's it's amazing time. And and God's moving everywhere. And it's, it's shaking the foundations of humanity. And it's really is a discussion time at a point right now of where do we want to be? You know, it's not about an allegiance to a particular flag. This whole thing is about God's freeing of his people. 
Yeah. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. And we are spread across a world, and we are many colors and many races. Yeah. But we're a common body, and I think that's what we too often forget because these pedophile freaks that run this world are literally committed to keeping division going and they are truly evil. That is, that's how they rule is to create the rifts that we believe in that we then live into and the realities that they create, we accept, which are not God's reality. That's the sick part about the whole thing. No, that's so we, good. We, we can so easily change. And literally it's just like with COVID, which I'm going to just say this because there's somebody in my chat all the time. It's like COVID doesn't exist. We know COVID doesn't exist, but it's a dialogue discussion. So, and I can't sanitize it for him, so he'll get over it. But um, just like this whole pandemic, the whole pandemic is could have ended the minute it started if people had had faith, mm. but they didn't. And instead, they had faith in the media. They had faith in all the wrong things instead of having faith in God. Right. The weakness of our relationship with God was shown, was exposed, and it was made bare for all to see and all to witness. And the consequences of that are very real. And I think if there's mm-hmm. any lesson people need to take from this whole pandemic is your faith in God was weak. Your trust in the institutions of men was high. And there is a mm-hmm. penalty in which you are now going to have to suffer through because there yeah. is a penalty in life for walking away from God. And yeah. that's it. Right. And it's right before us. And we're looking at this in terms of the pain, the suffering. Okay, I got it. That's your heart. But now take a look at God's law and be awakened Whoa. and take a look at what's happening. And don't be, you should be a little bit afraid. When they say fear God, look around you. Mm. Okay. And people always tell me, that's not what it means. I'm like, ah, nonsense. You better have, <laughs> you better have some fear of who God is. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't have a healthy respect, they'll say, well, it means respect. It means respect and fear. Because if you step out of line and you're a fool to walk over here and take another path to leave him behind, there are consequences in life that you will suffer. That is not to say that he is not a loving father, but he's not going to just sit here and try to goat you back. You're going to have to walk a painful path. That's what's happening to these other people right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a sad story. And, and of course, you're going to hear this. Well, yes, but they believe in Christ. Okay, <laughs> check that box. You didn't apparently at the time. Yeah. You you walked away. No, that's really powerful. You know, I um, was reading some quotes from John Adams and he was even saying, listen, guys, I, I don't, I want to make sure my life is right. They actually, our founding fathers believed in something that's called a system of rewards and, and judgments. And so that it's kind of like a Santa Claus thing, but like for real, that, the reason our constitution and our declaration works and minimal government works, our constitution is made only for religious and moral people is wholly inadequate to the government of any other, because you know that you have a conviction inside that God is watching you. And modern Christianity is this whole mercy, mercy, grace, grace, grace thing. Whereas uh, (laughs) our founding fathers believed in Abraham Lincoln is in his, I think his second uh, inaugural address said, I, uh, I tremble to know that, to believe that God is just and his justice is not, does, stay, not, sleep does not sleep forever. Okay. We are going to suffer judgment or we're going to suffer blessing. There's only two. 
And so you want to be on the, on the part, uh, on the side where God is going to bless you because you're doing the right thing. And this is so apparent in the old Testament. You will see, and it's, I get so discouraged sometimes because I'll read this great, great blessing in, in some sort of, whether it's Deuteronomy 28 or whatever, God, I'm going to do all this on this. And then it's the, but if you don't look at all of the curses, right? Look at all of the curses. <laughs> Monkeypox. Exactly. We have to understand that we do serve a just God yeah. and that that has not gone anywhere. Yeah. Paul says that he runs his race lest he shouldn't make it at the end. And this is Paul that we're talking about here. We must live our lives. You know, there's a, there's a word that we don't use very much in, in, in the body of Christ and that's righteousness. Mm. A lot of us do not live holy and righteous lives. But when we talk about the armor of God, where is the breastplate of righteousness? It covers all of your vital organs. Okay. If you are not living a righteous life, you are exposing all of your vital organs to the enemy. That's your life. Okay. So, you know, I would encourage everybody to take an inward look and I'm going to tell you something right now. Sins are not cussing, smoking, and drinking. Okay. It's pride. It's arrogance. And who are you around? Who are you allowing into your life? A lot of times when we, we talk about sin and sickness, and I tell this to people fairly frequently, you can let people into your life who are in sin and unrighteous. And if you let them into your heart, there's a direct line. That's why God says, don't even sit at a table with these people that call themselves a brother and they do these things. Why? Is it just because God's mean or doesn't want you to hang out with, with your friends? It's because they are dangerous to your life. So it may not even be your sin that has you sick. Okay. But by the Bible is very clear that when he, when, when Jesus healed people, he said, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. Sin and sickness are directly tied together and it may not be your sin, but whose sin are you letting into your life? And that's why Leah and I are very open and vocal and bold. There are people I will cut out of my life. Easy, boom, done. There's unity in the body, but if there are people that are dangerous and I know that their sin is a direct line, I'm gonna cut it off. We have to be living a righteous life. And I know we got to end this show here, Scott, but as you were speaking earlier, I felt like I got a word from the Lord. Now, Scott and, and Lee and I, and especially Scott and I have had talks about the prophetic. Scott walks in the prophetic on his show every single time he goes live. He may not call it that, but he legit does. I'm going to just straight up and call it. God gave me a word while Scott was speaking. There are revivals that are happening in the Middle East and in China right now. And we know this for a fact. Revivals in the Middle East are happening in a crazy wave. Do not look at the at America and go, God's not moving because I because I see Joe Biden flubs right? God is moving. And in China, we have 30,000 people that are coming to Christ every single day. And the word that the Lord spoke to me is watch the undergirding. Do not look up top where we've got the CCP and China and all of that. What is God doing underneath? Because without the legs of the people that he is now bringing into the kingdom of God, you're going to watch China. This is a prophetic word right now. You are going to watch China crumble like the two towers. You are going to watch the Middle East and the religion that shall not be named crumble like the two towers because the gospel is spreading. So if you want to fix America, yes, we can do it in the legislature. Yes, we can do it in elections. We can do it in all those things things, but I don't have the ability to get on the ballot. I can't send Michelle to the state house, but what I can do is I can preach the gospel to my fellow man. And that undergirding right there is what's going to save our nation. Like Leah said, repentance at Bards Fest 2021, repentance. When America repents, when China repents, when the Middle East repents, the power of God is going to fall on this world and this earth like you have never seen before. And folks, it is happening right now. And we had better catch up to what's happening happening in China in the Middle East, and we can do it in our neighborhoods and our community. In 2012 or 13, 
when I was working at Fort Meade, just by analysis, not by prophecy or a prophetic word. That's why I say this, because I briefed that China would fall to its three or five kingdoms by 2025. Wow. People thought it was nuts. What I reminded them is, is that debt is a two-way street. Oh. Debt is both the biggest debtor is also the biggest banker. And That's good. that creates duality and balance. Mm. We have three books that I just want to touch on as we kind of wrap this up. Esther. Mm. If I perish, I perish. Yep. The decision for her to go before the king, to be bold, to risk her life for the sake yeah. of her people with the knowing that her people not only were willing to fast, but ultimately were given the right if they chose to live, they would have to defend themselves. That key right. line there works not just with her, but with them ultimately. They had right. to decide if they were going to perish or die. Right. Habakkuk ends with an understanding that misery is going to come to his people, mm. that the Chaldeans are going to come from Babylon. They're going to sack them, and God is going to bring them about in and use all of that to bring everybody back to him. And Habakkuk comes to the understanding at the end that no matter what happens, I'm still in your debt and with you, God. Paraphrasing. Mm. And Obadiah. <laughs> Obadiah is a profound piece because we're reminded again of the power of the remnant in Obadiah that we have the ability to address God in prayer and our pleas for him to hear us and that nothing is decided. And it's a very critical thing because we're in the valley of decision right now. And this is not a determined end. You have said it earlier. We will go one way or we will go the other, evil or with God. And that's our choice. And that's because at the core of who we are, God has always given us free will. And the thing to remember as well is that even if we have righteousness in our heart, if the nation does not have righteousness, we will be judged with the nation because nations will be judged. Yeah. We're going through a judgment yeah. right now. But the importance of us to be able to take the greatest weapon we have, which is the word of God, out and bring it to people to awaken the many. It's never been more pressing than now. And unfortunately, our churches have done a massive disservice on this with their evangelistic revelationist door knocking that they've done for way too many years. Thank you. <laughs> this is not about having to preach the Bible. This is about living and walking the light of Jesus. And when we walk that way, that's a demonstration. You don't even have to say anything if you're walking that way because you become the lamp and that light that people seek and they want to know why. Mm. Why are you happy? Why are you okay? Why are you not sick? Why are you not afraid? It's not a hard answer. 365 times, fear not. Yep. Mm. And it's right there. So we have choices to make right now at a very critical time to kind of come full circle to where we started. This is a good time for your festival. It's a brilliant time. You also have a, the dates are not, should not be missed because in the closing of 9-11, there's the opportunity perhaps to heal a wound. Amen. A, yeah. deep, a deep wound on the nation from its beginnings 
to when, quite frankly, the war was openly launched to destroy us again. Yeah. So I, I really hope people come, and as many people as can, if, you, if they will be called, go. I'll say that over and over. God has blessed these things. These things don't happen by accident. I know you didn't get into all the details, but I can, I can testify to the fact that you've had many blessings on this thing coming together. Yeah. And it's a wonderful thing, and it will continue to happen. Because I know, I know you too, and I know how you're going to walk with this. And people just need to put their trust in the Lord and go. I mean, that's if you're called, go. If you're not, don't be guilty. That's the two things I'm going to say. Yeah. It's not about, it's not about indebted obligations. Those leave. That's the old world. That's not where we're going now. Yeah. This is about prosperity and unlimited potential. Yeah. That's the world we walk into. So if you're called, go. If you feel this not your time, celebrate the fact that others are going for their calling as you're being called to stay. That's the most important piece or wherever you're called to go. Yeah. Because right now, as we've all talked about, we're all being called to do many things because there is no one event. Right. There's God's army doing many events. And that's how you defeat an evil, pernicious enemy like this. It's like a cancer that grows like foot fungus between your toes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, it is. That's so good. Uh, so here's the thing. What stands out to me, it's 21 years since 9-11. That's uh, seven, 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 three sevens. I think that this is a significant time, like you talked about, for healing. The date is not lost on us. I had I had wanted to do it July 4th. We had actually talked to Scott about that when it was going to be a Bards Fest. I had wanted to do it Labor Day weekend, and that didn't happen. And God moved it. God moved the date. So I the, didn't pick this. There's going to be a recovenanting ceremony with recovenanting of us with, uh, with God as a nation. And that's, we're doing that for everybody. You don't have to be there. It just know and be a part in your, we're spirit. doing it for you. And if you're listening right now, you're a part of this. And with the native Americans, it'll be at 11, 11 on nine 11 per uh, pastor Devin O'Neill. Um, and it's a, hey guys, we have a small number of tickets because uh, God, like a little round 200, like uh, Gideon's army whittled so it God down has to this wielded venue. This, so if you're called to go, you're really called to go. Um, but I want you to pray about it. I want you to, um, to watch and learn. And we're going to have a, we're going to have packets for you to be able to get the books that we're going to recommend to learn, to re-educate, um, homeschooling books to educate your children on the Christian founding of this nation. So we talk about many pillars. Scott talks about the seven pillars. Um, I would say this, the, these couple of pillars are the civil body politic and education um, and putting those uh, together. And ultimately all the seven pillars come together when, when, you, when you think about it. But educating our children according to the gospel of Jesus Christ and educating ourselves, re-educating ourselves. When um, Michelle was in high school and I was in Bible college, she got some really interesting history books. And I relearned stuff. I relearned the Christian history. And when you, when you see God's hand in history, you're like, wow, God, I have a purpose in life. Yeah. And that's why kids are committing suicide. That's why they're like emo and, and, and doing all these genders because they don't feel like they have a purpose. When you plug in and you see that, like this mantle is, is passing from you, from this person to you, then you're like, wow, God has been moving. I see his hand. Oh, and, and it, boom, 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 boom. And then you can go forward with the vision. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Scott, I thank you for having us on your show. Um, for those of you that don't know, we are really good friends with Scott. I count him as a brother. When I talked to him, I feel like I talked to him just like five minutes ago. 
Um, this is a righteous man of God. So I know that Scott doesn't usually have people do this on his show and he didn't ask me to do this, but I want you to be supporting Bards FM in your prayers, in sharing the streams. That's huge. Just getting the word out and financially, if you can, what is happening in Bards Nation? You guys know this. It's a real family. Every time I enter into the chat, they're like, oh, resistance chicks are here. You guys make me feel so welcome. Bards Nation is a very unique thing and it is something very worth um, putting your spirit, your soul, and your resources behind if you are able. God is moving and you want to be a part of what's going on at Bards Nation. We've got a lot of amazing things happening. I mean, it's been very blessed to watch how this has evolved. And God's brought so many amazing people together, and it, it really is humbling. I, um, it's a haven for some. It's a it's a re it's a re-energizing space for others. It's it's a little bit of everything for whatever you need in that nation. It's there, and there's so much goodwill. Yeah. That uh, I think what it reminds us all that you know this is the world we're trying to build. Yeah. And it's God's leading this right. and, if, and we're listening and that's the best part. And in this, and we're all just kind of reaching out again, you know, and the, the tendrils are going and this is how we will reshape this nation. It will be from a bottom up. Yep. It will be from the roots and the foundations of resetting the moral rock on which we stand as well as the faith rock. And as I say many times, you know, Politics is a symptom of a deeper disease. Yeah. The disease is the, is the bankruptcy of morality. We have to get back there. So it's, and thank you for the words. It's very kind. I mean, it just, um, it's a great conversation. I, I'm excited about what you've got going and uh, we'll talk more about details when you get a little bit closer. One more thing I want to say is shout out to all. I, I get messages a lot of times from the Bards people. You guys are all trying to do what Scott's called you to do. You you're putting on your own Bards little events, uh, like the one in Kentucky, um, I'm getting messages. Like, how can I, 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 I hear fairly often from viewers of Bards who said, I want to do a, a local Bards. And I, and I, we've talked about with Scott, um, just do it. Um, but I think that Scott is working on a, a kind of a way, maybe just to kind of encourage different, like, here's a, here's a good template, you know, to do like a, a Bards locally. I, I've let that slip a little bit, honestly, with everything else going on. But I think you make a good point, especially as we go forward into through winter and out. I do want to just, and I'll, I'll dedicate a show to it coming up. I really just inspire people to do just that. I'll support it with at least an audio cast. I mean, I can give you, someone wants to do it and you give me themes. I can, I can whip out a message in, you know, 15, 20 minutes and send it to you. That's it's awesome. not a problem and happy to do that. I can't be at them all. And it, it's to have your own local speakers. Right. No, it doesn't have to be a big name. No, no. Grab your own local speakers on the seven pillars because you guys have them and, and create these little communities of your own speakers. And it's not just about listening to me. It's not just about listening to Scott because you guys can boom, boom, mushroom up these bars nations. That's the whole idea that Scott has by county by county yes. is that you become your speaker. You become the leaders. You become the teachers and you're doing it. And I want to give a shout out to you guys who are listening. You're like, I could do that. And you're doing it. So do it, do it, Get, create, create your own little Bards Fest, have two or 300 people there and have the seven pillars and, and discuss the education and, and the uh, homesteading. And I, I, people, I literally have at least the five different people that are, uh, does, that want to have a Bards Fest, their own. And it's, it's amazing. Oh, one last thing. So for those that we didn't do this, the whole show, if you want to join our event, how do you do it? Go to resistancechicks.com upper in the upper right-hand corner. There's a banner. It says the covenant restoring the ancient paths. Just click on that. All the information you need is there, including Scott Kesterson's voiceover 
for our promo video, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Well, it we need video. to close with a prayer because we never do a show without yeah. having a prayer. So I'll let you guys start. Whoever right. wants to start. All right. I'm going to hit off. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this conversation. I thank you for my brother, Scott. I thank you for the friendship that you have given us in him. I thank you for the righteous work that he is doing. I pray that you bless it. We bind and gag Satan from trying to come against it. We lift up this property. I just pray that you bless the soil down to the microbes that are in it, that the cattle will be healthy and any future animals will be healthy. Mm. And you'll only bring the right people to help him on that property, that you make it an amazing Bards Nation headquarters. I thank you for all the people that are involved in it, that are going to volunteer in it. Um, I thank you for the Bards Nation family. I thank mm. you for their heart. I pray that mm. you bless them coming and going, that you give them the blessings of Deuteronomy 28, that because they are trying to bring righteousness back to this nation, starting with their own lives, that you bless the work of their hands and you keep the devil from trying to fire his fiery darts at them, that they hold up their shield of faith and their breastplate of righteousness. I pray that everywhere that they walk, they walk with the shoes of peace. And I thank you that they have the belt of truth. And that's ultimately what started most of our podcasts. We were just trying to gird everybody up with the belt of truth. And I just pray that that message of truth spread and you spread the message that Scott is giving, that message of truth far and wide. We thank you that it's worldwide, but we just pray that it goes even wider, that goes to the places that say that bards can't go, China and other places, that the doors just crumble, that the word of God will enter in through uh, bards to those places and it'll pierce to the heart of men and it will save souls across the world. And we thank you ahead of time for what you're doing. May we stay on the straight and narrow. May we stay on your highway of holiness and may you bless these ancient paths as we go back to rebuild them and you show us clearly exactly what they are. And finally, God, I just pray that you weed out anybody in our movement that is a mm. wolf in sheep's clothing. Even if they entered in thinking that they were a sheep, if they are acting like a wolf, get them out. Make it plain that everybody can see this person is not supposed to be in the movement and they are gone, never to be heard of again so that we don't have to question anymore who is of you and who is not of you, that it will be clear and it will be plain that they will be walking that righteous ancient path. Father, I thank you for Bard's Nation. I thank you that they have a special place in your heart. Um, you guys, I just was, as Michelle was praying, I could just sense like the, the Lord is very pleased with the Bards nation mm -hmm. and, and the people who come and listen, you are devout, you are wholesome, you, um, you are righteous and you want to do things that are right. And I just, um, I just feel like there's a, like a message for a lot of you who think, well, maybe I'm not super spiritual and I don't know the word of God like Scott, and I don't have all the information. I feel like the Lord would, would say to you, but you are part of a team mm. and that God is raising up local teams to come together. And you, I, I just feel like there, there are men out there who maybe you're a mechanic, maybe you uh, can build things and, and you're part of Bards Nation. You're like, well, I don't know all this stuff, all this high flute, blah, 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 but I could build something hook up. And I just pray right now, Father God, that you begin to put these pieces of these public yes. puzzles together. So you've got Bards Nation, uh, North, Northwest, Southwest, Southeast, um, and, and, and these communities, these, these, and, and the county by county, state by state, and that you're going to raise up leaders who can speak and who can teach and who can show people how to do things. And, and I just thank you, Father God, that you're going to use what the devil intended for evil, just like when he uh, thought he was crucifying Jesus Christ. Um, and that, that and he was going to win that you're going to turn this around for good. And so I pray a special blessing over all of us, uh, that whatever comes down the, down the pipe, that we're going to be ready, that we're going to be protected, Amen. that we'll be on your ark. I pray father God, there's any prepping things that you want us to do, whether it's food or water or clothing or, or shelter that you, um, 
show us what to do. I pray father God that whether before or after this great reset, that you open up lands because in order to, in order to plant, in order to have, have the crops, we need to have land, but lands have been stolen by big banks and big corporations. So in the name of Jesus, we call those deeds right now. We call that land back. And father God, we pray that you, you take the land from the wicked and you give it to the righteous that you take the land from, from China who owns, you know, millions of acres here and, and Bill Gates who owns acres here, that you take it from those people and you give it to your righteous people who will steward your land properly. I pray father God, that you teach people how to homeschool their kids, that you say, you can do this. You can teach your kids. And I pray father God, just a, a special protection over everybody listening right now for whatever comes uh, down the, down the line. And that the plans of the enemy to try to arrest or, or to put any of us in jail or to stop us from speaking. I pray father God, that, that, that like in Esther, that the plan and the gallows that they have built for us, that they will hang on themselves. And I thank you for it. And I thank you for Scott. I thank you for this platform. And I thank you that he speaks truth in a way that um, very few people, and I pray that you continue to bless him and that mantle that comes on him so that every word that comes out of his mouth when he does these shows, it'll just be pure you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we, we are just truly blessed today and we just ask for your blessing on this upcoming event. Mm. This is such an important time to bring healing to a nation and to bridge the differences back to the point of beginnings. Father, we, we are in a, such a critical time right now. With so, We are truly in the valley of decision. And as nations, we know by Scripture that we shall be judged. Mm. Yet, Father, we have such a powerful and rising remnant. We just ask that you'll also hear our hearts. We pray for mercy on this nation, but we equally pray for something greater. We pray for the differences to be set aside, that the generational blood rifts to be set to rest. To, that the, the eyes that we've been seeing each other with indifference stop, that we start to see each other in commonality, in the uniqueness that we each bring to the discussion and into the beauty of that collage that we could create in the perfection of the body of Christ. Father, this opportunity that sets before us now in such a critical time, a time to heal the wound of 9-11, mm. the time to heal the wounds that have left us ravaged since the time and her landing of the pilgrims, mm. the time to bring people together races and cultures of difference to realize that all of this was manipulated to keep us apart, not together. And through this event, as you blessed Bards Fest, please bless this event. Let this be yet another seed to sow to once again rise and raise the new America, the America of strength, the America of faith, the America with the one King on the Jesus on our throne mm. above all, not the King of men. And for us to once again to return with eyes on you, with government subordinate to us and our wills of the people and the people working together for the common good of a betterment of the nation and truly develop a nation that is a light and a lamp on the hill for others to see. Mm. Father, you've blessed us with so much. We're so humbled in this time. This journey has not been easy and it will continue to be challenging in the many ways that we go. Give us the strength to walk this path. Help us raise that pack up when it seems too heavy lift the burdens when we feel we can't go further, but most importantly, Father, continue to give us the challenges so that we can grow. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. 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 Woo, that was good. good deal. Ladies, thank you very much. It's a beautiful discussion and a beautiful event you've got coming up. I'm excited. So. All right. Well, thank you, Thanks Scott. It's been us. awesome. We love you and we love your audience. They're great. And it's great to have you here. And we'll, I'll keep the the notice going on for people to sign up and then we'll talk more about it. And hopefully you'll sell out all your tickets here really fast. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, ladies, have a blessed day. God bless.
right. Well, Patriots, that was the resistance chicks. It was a good long interview. Hope you enjoyed it. This is, uh, again, to remind you that the event is, you can find it on the resistance chicks, resistancechicks.com. It's in the upper right-hand corner. The dates of the event are 9 to the 11th, 9th to the 11th um, of September, and it's going to be quite an event up there, and I will I will physically be there. I, will not, I decided after this show that I would go there, so I'll be up there talking, and it will also be live-streamed. Patriots, thank you. So we'll see you after a bit for Fishers of Men. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. So keep your prayers up for the healing and uniting of a nation. In the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you at for Fishers, or, I'll, or until then, or until the next time. God bless, and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, This country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs>